Big story today is the recount results that we're expecting around 10 o'clock. We've got three of those races are really, really tight, uh, especially the AG's race where the, the difference was only 511 votes. So we are expecting those shortly. It's two statewide oh. races, Attorney oh. General and Superintendent of Public 10. Instruction. A judge push, pushed back the release date to December 29th because Pinal yeah. County still working on an, an audit. Yeah. Maricopa County is also recounting ballots for legislative district 13 all right so uh we've got to three of them one in maricopa county and then two that are statewide we're paying close attention to the ag's race i think this is the the biggie um this is the one that uh, has got so many people paying very close attention now if you're paying attention to the 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 other races nothing wrong with that but i think the one that is capturing the most attention is uh that statewide race for the attorney general and because it's tight because it's 511 votes, and uh, as you heard Jeff mention, as we were talking about 15 minutes ago, uh, Garrett Archer, who's the data guru there at uh, ABC7, he's the Steve Kornacki of the Valley, uh, he said uh, he's hearing that there is uh, there is uh, substantial news uh, coming. Um, he doesn't know what it is. Uh, he's just hearing that we may see this uh, uh, get a lot closer than other recounts. Normally, when there's a recount, you may see a change of, you know, 10, 20, maybe three dozen votes, but you don't see a few hundred uh, votes change. So even in a close race, uh, one that's only separated by 511 votes, as we're seeing in the Mays uh, uh, Hamda vote, it still is going to be... Uh, in all likelihood, it's still going to be uh, uh, Mays wins that. But again, with Archer releasing that information, or at least uh, you know, sort of passing along the the rumors that he's catching, maybe we see something surprising. Maybe this is one of those where we go, there you go, recounts make a big difference, and that's why we have them, right? That's why there's a that's why there's an automatic trigger if the votes are close, uh, just to make sure we get it right. It's uh, it's election instant replay. Just isn't very instant. It feels feels like it drags, right? Feels like ooh. <laughs> this is almost two months later. It's far from instant, but it's a replay to make sure that we get the call right. I was watching the Liberty Bowl last night, and uh, full disclosure, I'm a Kansas Jayhawks fan. They lost in triple overtime, but at the end of the second overtime. Uh, there was a call on the field for targeting. If you're unfamiliar, that's what a, a player uh, lowers their helmet and tries to tries to do damage to somebody on the other side. It's a very unsafe play, and so they've they've made that a they've made that a, a penalty. And the player ended up getting called for targeting. It took the officials a long time to verify that call because they always all targeting calls are reviewed by instant replay. And uh, they took their time, and the announcers kept saying, this is such an important play. Uh, Kansas missed the two-point conversion. The game would have been over, but they called this targeting call uh, on the defense. So they wanted to make sure they got it right, and it took a while. And the announcers kept coming back to how important it was to get it right. It's such a big play. It's important to get it right. Got to get this right. Got to get this right. And in the end... The targeting, the targeting call stood, and uh, Kansas ended up having another chance to, to score that two-point conversion, which they did. They later lost in the next overtime. Uh, but it, it made me think, as I was watching that, we got to get this right. It's so important to get this right. Got to get this right. In the grand scheme of things, it's really not all that important to get the call right in the football game. It is crucial to the outcome of that particular football game. 
then it would have repercussions as far as marketing the teams, as far as T-shirt sales, as far as recruiting, that sort of thing. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not really all that crucial. Whereas with the recount, it is. It is quite crucial. It is essential to get it right. And I think that's been the argument that so many of these politicians have made uh, when they have filed their lawsuits. They're filing the lawsuits because they want to get it right. I think many of the politicians are filing the lawsuits because they want to try to figure out a way to win. Right? It's all about winning. And uh, they don't want to admit defeat, certainly. They want to continue to, to, uh, uh, to fundraise. They want to make sure that they're able to, to keep those emails going out, keep their momentum, even if they lost. Carrie Lake was doing this. She was doing it before the election. That's a trick that she picked up from her mentor, Donald Trump, who was saying in 2016, it's a rigged election, rigged election. If Hillary Clinton wins, it's rigged, it's rigged, it's rigged. He won, and he was like, well, totally cool election. It's totally great. And they said, well, what about the rigging? Well, it was probably still rigged, but I overcame it. Kerry Lake was doing the same thing in the primaries. Ah, it's rigged election, totally rigged. This is all, all malarkey until the late ballots came in, and she took the lead, and she was like, I love this election. It's a perfect election. Perfectly done. She loses in the general election and sues and wants to find excuses. But her lawyers are making the argument, we got to get it right. We've got to get this right. The difference is in that gubernatorial race, the the separation was, what, 17,000 votes? So it wasn't close enough that a recount or a a closer examination was going to, quote-unquote, get it right. They had to... They had to prove that there was some sort of malicious fraud going on or that there was some sort of negligence that was so egregious it would have changed the outcome of the election, and it just didn't work. Carrie Lake, by the way, was tweeting last night uh, how excited she was about uh, a race in Georgia. Uh, The case involved a rural county, this is from Newsweek, a rural county commission race in Screven County, Georgia, where several candidates filed a lawsuit alleging incorrect ballots were issued to at least two dozen voters, potentially altering the outcome of the county commission race decided by just seven votes. See, in this case, the outcome of the election could have been changed if what they're saying is true. Now, also what happened is that several voters, they later found, had been assigned ballots to districts they didn't live in, meaning voters of a certain district were were effectively disenfranchised from the vote in their home districts. An argument that Lake made uh, after up to 1,000 Arizona voters were provided with incorrect ballots in early voting in the fall. So she says, well, the same thing happened in Arizona. First of all, a judge said, right, but uh, those voters weren't disenfranchised. They were still allowed to vote, and the 1,000 votes wouldn't have made a difference in the, in the ultimate outcome of the race. Now, if you want to make the argument that voters were disenfranchised and that's problematic, I'm with you. Well, that's that's a, a goof that we got to get straightened out, but we're not going to redo the election. Whereas in Screven County, Georgia, the judge said... We're going to have to redo it. Order a, a new election. Carrie Lake wrote on Twitter, it's worth noting. Worth noting. I think the point is that a judge could order a new election if there's enough evidence. However, Carrie Lake hasn't provided enough evidence. And so that doesn't really translate to our Arizona story. She's trying to draw some sort of a similarity that just doesn't exist. One other uh, quick election note of 
of um, import, I believe, is that Adrian Fontes uh, and Katie Hobbs are looking for sanctions again, this time not against Kerry Lake, but against Mark Fincham and his attorneys. And they say, once again, baseless election claims. Um, AZ Central reporting this case, uh, excuse me, this is from Fontes attorney Craig Morgan says, this case is a politically motivated weaponization of the legal process meant to perpetuate, I can't read today, excuse me. Uh, This is a politically motivated weaponization of the legal process meant to perpetuate the dangerous narrative that our elections are unreliable, our elected leaders are corrupt, and our democracy is broken. So they want fees and costs and double damages of $5,000. A far cry from the 700000 that they were asking for uh, when it came to Kerry Lake. But then I was looking at all the photos that were attached to the story that the, that the paper had. And it just proves my point once again. You can't trust a politician that wears a cowboy hat. Can we just all agree? If somebody goes sauntering in in a cowboy hat, this, that's not, nope, can't do that. This isn't Yellowstone. I don't, I don't trust you. Cowboy hats are for the field, for ranching. Uh, If you're inside, take off your cowboy hat. I don't trust you. We'll travel around the valley in just a few moments, if you can. It's Chris Merrill, in for Mike Broomhead, KTAR. Chris Merrill in for Mike Broomhead, KTAR. Pleasure to be with you here this morning as we get closer and closer to the new year. Also, a big day today. It's my wife's birthday. Uh, she doesn't like uh, that she gets older on her birthday, but she does like to celebrate her birthday. So I have to make sure I wish her a happy birthday on the air. Uh, travel has been a huge story here for a week now. And uh, the latest uh, mess, imagine that you're at Sky Harbor. And you're flying southwest, and you've already gone through security. Maybe you had to wait in line for, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes. I think the longest I ever waited uh, at Sky Harbor, I think I had to do two hours one time. Uh, missed my flight. Uh, got through security and then had to rebook a, a flight for later in the afternoon. Fortunately, I was going to Chicago, and so it was, uh, you know, they have multiple flights a day and certainly other options. But I was able to do it, and it was all because I got stuck in security. Uh, it was a mess. So imagine that you get through security at Sky Harbor, and you get to your gate, and then you find out that your flight is one of the thousands that Southwest has canceled. You're frustrated. There's not enough room for you to find a place to sit because you are surrounded by thousands of other travelers in the exact same boat. Even when uh, everything is flying on schedule... There just isn't a whole lot of room to sit, especially when you're at the end of that concourse that uh, the Sky Harbor has. There just isn't a whole lot of room. And so there's always throngs of people sitting on the floor, uh, hogging the outlets to charge their phones and electronics and things like that. But if your flight is canceled, you're standing in line again at at the... gate counter, right? And you're trying to work through and trying to get rebooked and uh, the the Southwest employees are trying to help you through it and all this stuff. It's been such a mess, however, this last week with thousands of people trying to do just that, that in one airport in Nashville, the ticket counter is saying, okay, if your flight is canceled, you need to leave and go back to the unsecured area. In other words, the other side of security. Now, I don't know about you, but if I just sat through security for an hour, two hours, and then I got to my gate only to find out that I got canceled, and then I have to find a place to sit, the last thing I want to do is go backwards. 
So people in Nashville were not really excited about saying, okay, I'll just grab my carry-on and head to the other side of the security so I can go through it all again. So what they do? Well, Southwest called the police. And they said, will you please help escort people to the unsecured area? A video was posted Tuesday by a former state house candidate in in uh, Tennessee. And uh, on the video, an officer is telling people, you will be arrested for trespassing. Imagine the frustration you're already feeling as your flight is delayed, as you're waiting for some sort of uh, either recompense or some sort of uh, replacement flight, only to be told you're going to be arrested for not going backwards. Right now, the officer continues, to the unsecured side. The ticket counter will help you with any questions you have. You have no ticket. You don't need to be in the secure side. Let's go. Well, of course, people did have tickets. But the tickets were the flights that weren't going to be taking off any longer. So people are saying, we're stuck here. Are we just going to get kicked to the curb? The answer is, yeah, pretty much getting kicked to the curb. I can't even imagine if that happened here. We'd be going bonkers. Meanwhile, one of the issues that we have is not necessarily people trying to get home, although there have been a number of stories uh, about people from Arizona trying to get back. Uh, There was one yesterday I had of of a woman who lived in Scottsdale, and it took her forever. She was stranded in in another airport, finally got back. Another one, we had a story of a woman who was coming back from Eugene, Oregon, and um, couldn't find her bags. They finally tracked her bag down. They said, where? She says, where is it? They said, it's in Oregon. She said, but I'm here. And they said, oh, do you need that bag? She said, yes, I need that bag. She stood in line for four hours just to speak to somebody about her bag. But people are trying to get here now for the Fiesta Bowl, and they can't. So what do they do? They've already paid for the tickets to the bowl game. Tickets are not cheap. So what do you do? Foxtown had a great story of somebody who was finding a way around. Well, this sea of bags, really evidence of this ongoing Southwest saga that we've seen over the past few days here as cancellations and delays have separated people from their baggage. Okay, I get it. Get to the good part. And so sure enough, our flight got canceled um, yesterday morning. After Southwest canceled TCU fan Will McDougall's flight to see the Fiesta Bowl, he was forced to consider other options. We were looking at other airlines, but, you know, it's literally like over $1,500 round trip per person. See, that's brutal. $1,500 round trip to come from Texas there in San Antonio, trying to get to Phoenix, $1,500 per person. I heard rumors of uh, flights to Las Vegas were going for $1,000. What? And so we were like, you know what? All right, well, we'll just get in the car tomorrow. Now, after hours in the car driving from San Antonio. It's been interesting. It's been a, it's been an adventure. He's nearly here in Phoenix. Oh, God, it's such a long drive. We are now in, I think, uh, Deming, New Mexico. Sparked by weather and technology issues, Southwest Airlines canceled thousands of flights this week, fumbling holiday plans and trips. Now it's impacting travel for fans coming to the Fiesta Bowl, an event that has generated over $3 billion to Phoenix's economy in the past 13 years, filling hundreds of hotel rooms and accommodating thousands of fans. Yeah, but the hotel rooms aren't going to be filled if the fans can't get here. That's a problem. I got these text messages that said your flights are canceled and you need to rebook them. I'm like, my flight's not for three days. TCU Hall of Famer <laughs> David Bobo and his wife Carly were booked on Southwest when they had to take a bit of a detour. We decided <laughs> to just kind of make a road trip of it and, you know, Griswold style. And it was, it's been great. Including- All right. Well, that's excellent. Uh, Griswold style is perfect. Let's keep Granny inside the cabin this time. But uh, I think that's fantastic. 
At the end of the story, they said, well, Michigan fans, we haven't forgotten about you. We just couldn't find any Michigan fans to talk about. To which I raised my hand. Ooh, 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 ooh. I'm a Michigan fan. I would talk to you about that. I would just say, we plan better. <laughs> Whatever I can do to take a little dig going into the uh, going into the, the Fiesta Bowl. I'm all about it. All right. The new year is almost here. You're probably making plans for one Arizona. And making new plans means maybe planning for new money. That's next. Chris Maryland from Mike Broomhead on KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. I am not Mike Broomhead. I am Chris Merrill in for Mike. He'll be back next week, of course. Uh, it's KTAR. Great news. How about we start this, the new year with a good news story? How about we start the new year with somebody that we can cheer for? That's what I like. Uh, listen. If you think 2023 is going to be spectacular, you're just wrong. It's going to suck as much as every year always sucks. You're going to find highlights. You're going to find lowlights. We're going to have big stories. We're going to have disastrous stories. It's just life. But it is nice to start off on on the right foot. And uh, and I appreciate uh, Channel 15 there for finding that good news story for us. It's almost time to ring in the new year. And one lucky Arizona woman has a chance to start 2023 a millionaire. Yes. Sharon Vandergriff is one of 29 finalists who will be in Times Square Saturday night waiting to see if they are the Powerball first millionaire of 2023. We caught up with Sharon ahead of that trip and asked if she was taking any lucky charms with her. My sister had given me something a number of years ago that I like to carry with me. Um, and I thought, well, maybe I'll take my little, it's a little a rock in the shape of a heart. And I thought, maybe I'll take that with me. Um, but no, no superstitions. What? What? Wait a minute. You've got a lucky charm and then you say no superstitions? That's a superstition! No lucky charms. It was- what? 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 <laughs> no, no, no super. She just spent the, What? I'm taking a heart-shaped rock my sister gave to me for good luck, but I'm not taking any lucky charms. What? No lucky charms. It would certainly be very life-changing, that's for sure. Um, I, I can't even, it's overwhelming to think about, because almost it doesn't even seem real sometimes. It's just like, oh my gosh, I'm really eligible to do this. Yeah. Take those lucky charms, right? <laughs> she also told us if she wins, she would probably plan a big anniversary trip for her husband. Aww. We will, of course, be rooting for for Sharon Saturday night and you can cheer on too and the countdown to New Year right here on ABC 15 watch Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest it starts at 7 o'clock Seacrest in alright so Powerball does this thing where you've got 29 people that they fly in for this big drawing and they're the first millionaires of the new year so right as the the clock hits then they do this big drawing and one of those 29 finalists will win a million dollars and one of them is from uh, from Arizona. She's from Tucson, which is fantastic. And so I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm excited for her. And I hope that she wins. Wouldn't that be fantastic to start the new year with, with a new millionaire in Arizona? We go, ah, it's a new year. Let old acquaintance be forgotten. Old Lang Syne and other, I don't know, Scottish songs. And, and uh, we're all so happy together. It's wonderful. You know, yesterday I was talking about the Mega Millions jackpot. Uh, near the end of the show, if you missed it, it's it's in the podcast. Uh, Mega Millions jackpot is up to six hundred forty million dollars. Although, if you take the cash option after taxes, you're going to clear less than two hundred million dollars. 
But I appreciate producer Brandon bringing this to my attention. About 70% of lotto winners lose or spend all of their money in five years or less. Uh, CNBC reports that nearly one-third of winners eventually declare bankruptcy, and they say that's likely due to the lack of a plan. Yeah. So let's hope that she wins, that she plans that anniversary trip for her and her husband, and that she has a plan for the rest of the money, putting it in some sort of an investment, locking it up, having a financial advisor. The other thing that struck me was this. I don't know what ABC is doing with the contestants. I don't know if they're bringing them out for the entire week. I don't I don't think that's the case. They're probably flying them out yesterday or today, getting them to New York. They'll have to show up on set on New Year's Eve at, you know, whatever time that'll be on them. Maybe they'll maybe they'll pick them up at the hotel uh, in a limo or whatever just to make sure that they're on set. And a lot of times when you have something that is time specific, the production companies will make sure that the people are there. They will send an escort. They'll send a, 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 a limo. They'll send a, you know, whatever it is, a driver to go get the, these people just to make sure everybody shows up on time. However, I have to wonder, what if they had booked a flight and the flight ends up getting canceled or overbooked or something else like that? Because it's been such an absolute disaster with travel. What if of the 29 people, only, say, 19 of them show up? You, do you pull their numbers out of the out of the hat? Because it's not just Southwest. People flying other airlines are having difficulty as well because Southwest passengers are overbooking other flights. And so now other uh, passengers are being bumped. Or their flights are being canceled. Uh, and if, if that flight is being canceled anyway, then they can't really rebook on, say, American because that, that flight that they would rebook on American has already been re- rebooked by Southwest Flyer. It's an absolute disaster. Total disaster. I'm here for the chaos. I love the chaos. What I don't love is drought. And the water woes continue across Arizona. I'll tell you what the latest is and who's getting it next. Chris Merrill in for Mike Broomhead, KTAR.